Right when you thought I went into retirement. Right when you thought, oh, Rhea's retired. Oh, Rhea lacks consistency. She is unable to produce content. Right when you were thinking all of that, boom, I'm back. I'm back. Don't second guess me ever again. I'm back. Maybe I missed a week or two. Perhaps that's the truth. Perhaps I did. But the important thing, as Cardi B said, get up 10. If you guys don't know, that's a song of hers. She talks about how you get up nine times and then you get up 10. But, oh, no, no, She says how you fall nine times, but then you get up a 10th time. That's what's important is that you get back up. So I'm back up, baby. This is what that is, all right? Just wanted to give you the intro. Thank you so much if you're listening to the pod again. I will say, I will say this, okay? I will say this. You know, we're in season two of the podcast. We're in season two. And I'm out here taking it to the mic. And, you know, it's easier. I feel like, you know, the, the pod, okay, let's get real for a minute. The pod inspiration for me is different. It's changing nowadays. You know, the inspiration that I used to have, you know, comedic humor comes and goes. It either comes to you naturally. You can't. Like, anybody who's in comedy, which I am not, okay, I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm a comedian. I'm not. Have I done, have I tried to make comedic bits before? The answer is yes, yeah. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a comedian, even though my Instagram profile says so. I will say this, you know, like, comedians, they don't sit around thinking for jokes. I don't sit and meditate and pray for for God to give me a joke. It's not, no, that's not how it goes. Um, It either comes to you or it doesn't. And it's a little bit of talent. It's a little bit of hard work. It's a little bit about, you know, thinking the right thing at the right time, I guess is the best way to put it. And it just hasn't been coming to me. And so I'm just hoping at this point, I told you guys, oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to write down everything I want to talk about. No, I'm not going to. I'm just going to take it to the mic and hope that it comes to me and hope that I can um, inspire and awaken and provide some type of content to the people who are looking. I hope you just find what you're looking for is what I want to say. Now, what's been new? What's been new? Tomorrow is Diwali. If you guys don't know what Diwali is, um, Diwali, I, I really, I mean, I don't really, it's the Festival of Lights. That's the standard answer. Diwali is the Festival of Lights. It's like the Indian Christmas um, and it's, uh, it's basically just, the story is about, um, there was the Lord Ram and he gets exiled from his, his stepmom or his like step, yeah, his stepmom like exiles him from his own country and Ram grabs his wife and his brother Sita and, um, Lakshman grabs his bro and his wife and then go to an island which is Lanka which is I guess considered today to be Sri Lanka and they go, the Sri Lankans I guess believe that Ram went there okay so he goes to this island he's exiled for 15 years okay and like while he's on the island a bunch of shit goes down he basically you know tries defeats the villain Ravana um, he has like 12, Ravana has like 12 heads and there's like this big war and like there's a bunch of stories and motifs that come out of his time on the island of Lanka, okay? 
But when the 15 years end, okay, like when that exile period is over, Ram, his wife Sita, and his brother um, Lakshman get together and they journey their way back to India. And that journey, in order for the country, the the his like land, his uh, his nation to like welcome him back, they light up a bunch of diyas, which is like Indian lamps. They light up these lamps and they light up the, um, you know, they like basically create light to show him the way back, right? So that's why it's the Festival of Lights. Is that's the story behind it. Now, you know, I've always been super fascinated by like Indian mythology and Greek mythology because I because growing up, like you know, I've I was raised in the Hindu philosophy. Hinduism they consider it a religion, but it's actually a philosophy, and it's a way of life, right? We believe in a more karmic system, you know, like that we believe in the Atma, which is the soul. We believe that, you know, if you do good, good happens to you. And if you do bad, bad happens to you, whether that's in this life or your next life or whatever. And I was taught that you like make your way up the chain. So like being a human being is like the top tier of the chain. You like start off as an ant, and then you start off as like a then you turn into an insect and then you turn into a whatever, then you turn into a horse, then you turn into a so it's just that's what I've been taught. And that's like or if that even if that wasn't exactly what was taught to me, that's the perception that I picked up. Is that we go through so many lives and our soul is one. And our soul goes through so many lives. And then it finally reaches the human being stage. And then as a human being, your soul goes through these karmic sides. And until you pay off that karmic debt, once you pay off that karmic debt, then your soul like goes into the universe and joins with God. Like that's kind of what I've been taught growing up. Um, that's what like I was, I was just taught that. Um, and so like we, and then like many people say, oh, like you guys have, uh, you guys have like many gods. And it's like, well, it's only, it's just like one, it's one. Okay. So I asked my grandma, she said, okay, so it's one God who takes many different forms to help you in the different stages of life. So like God comes down as Krishna at one point to like serve a lesson or teach a lesson or like God comes down as like Ram as one point to like serve a lesson, teach a lesson. I guess it's kind of like how God comes is born as Jesus, like how like Jesus comes on to like to like be amongst the people and like show, you know, like like in the era, like so. I I don't know if that's like a an accurate comparison, but that's kind of what my perception is. Um, and different gods are celebrated through different religious holidays over time, um, through like yeah, throughout the year. Um, and, and, and so that is kind of what I get, what am I talking about? Religion. Okay. So yeah. So we believe that like, there's this karmic cycle and Diwali. So that's how Diwali, so tomorrow's Diwali. Okay. So tomorrow's Diwali. So Diwali is like a four day, four, five, six day celebration. It's a big time Christmas energy. Okay. Diwali is big time Christmas energy for those of you who don't understand Diwali. It's just like if people in India get off, you know, people are traveling, you buy brand new clothes, you're supposed to wear new clothes on the day of Diwali, um, you know, you're supposed to give gifts, Diwali gifts, um, you know, you're supposed to uh, play cards, like they have big 
card parties. So you just like play card games and, you know, dance and have food and just celebrate. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's BCE, big Christmas energy. And honestly, it's BDE, big Diwali energy. And, and, and that is, um, you know, kind of what it is. So I'm excited. Last year at this time, I was actually in India. It was my first Diwali in India because I was in Tokyo. And so, you know, because I studied abroad. And so I was in Tokyo. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm literally 14 hours of the way there. Why don't I just take an extra six hour flight and go? And I was lucky enough to go. And I did. And I got to celebrate with family and friends and, and enjoy and really take part in all the firecrackers that you get to like burst. And, um, you know, it's, and the food and, um, being with family and doing the religious things and, um, the prayer ceremonies and everything. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, it's, you know, I, I haven't been in the Diwali spirit this year because I don't think I haven't really been to a Diwali party year. Um, or I have, but there were, you know, usually there's like some dancing or some fun stuff. So, uh, I haven't gotten that chance yet. Um, but I, I hope eventually that I think there might be one in like a week or two. So, you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's like a Christmas party. So yeah, that's kind of what's been up in my life. Tomorrow's Diwali. What else is new? I'm halfway through the semester and here's what I'll say. I'm halfway through my last first semester of college. And I'll I'll tell you this, okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. It's amazing to me how every semester has its own marker. In the sense that like, you know, your routine that you're in and the people that are highlighted in that semester. You know, like one semester you may have class with this one person and you kind of just naturally hang out with them all the time. And then the next semester you have a class with um, somebody else and like that person, you may be with them more. Um, and it's, it's just interesting, like the different people that come and go in each semester and who kind of stay constant. Um, and it's just like if you asked me in August, like, hey, Rhea, do you think per- this person and this person, this person would be a big part? No, I, w- I wouldn't because like you meet new people and you, it's, I mean, you always think, you know, like this semester, especially at a school like USD where the classes are small and the campus is small and the major is more concentrated. You think, you know, everyone think again, buddy, think again, think again, check it up on Google. It's a fact. Think again. It's, you know, it's, you meet new people and you have new experiences and I guess I just kind of forgot that, but I'm grateful for it. It's a big semester for me. I turned 21 in a couple of weeks. Um, and I can't believe it because I, I, I feel like I've been restricted for the past three, four years. Um, you know, and I feel even more restricted because all of my classmates are 21, not even 21, 22. And I'm 20. And um, I've just always been younger for my grade. Let's talk about this, though. I'm reading this book right now called Outliers, okay, by Malcolm Gladwell. Now, Malcolm, I don't know if you know him, good guy. 
Uh, he's written the book Blink. He's written the book. Uh, what's another book he read? He he wrote. He wrote The Tipping Point. That's a big one. Um, I'm reading it for my consumer behavior class, and it, it talks about how this book outliers that I am reading. It talks about how you this the the success that you may achieve in your life may not be a hundred percent solely because of your talent, your hard work, and your dedication. The suggestion that Gladwell makes is that um Wow, I sound like I'm writing a, a paper. <laughs> Basically, this guy, he's what he's saying is like, you know, a lot of the times we've done a lot of analysis and a lot of it may just be that you were at the right place at the right time and your circumstances that some things that are uncontrollable serve you in a better way and serve others in a not so better way. Let me give you an example. Okay. My parents always told me that me being younger for my grade was an advantage. And they were like, it's so, it's it's because you're smarter. It's because you're meh. And they actually never told me that. They were never like, oh, you're smarter. That's why you're, no. They were just like, you're going to graduate when you're 21 and you're going to have a year or two advantage on somebody like when you graduate. Well, like how I ended up becoming one of the youngest people in my grades is because my birthday's in November. The cutoff date, like for my district when I was like in kindergarten, was like December 1st. Okay. And so my parents, instead of holding me a year back, which many people did for their children, held them a year back until they were like five or six and then ready to go to pre K. My parents put me in school when I was four, like three or four, dude. Like, unbelievable. What do you know at three and four? I don't even know if I could like knew how to open my, was I still seeing in black and white? Like that's so young. That's so young. Like did, was, did I have teeth? Could I, could I walk? I don't know. I don't know the developmental stages of a child, but I feel like it was young. It was so young. And so this book talks about, this book talks about how kids who are put in who are younger for their grade. And I just saw this and I was like, wow. Kids who are younger in their grade, in their formative years, when you're in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, you go through a series of exams in the United States. Okay, you go through gate testing, which is like, it's called a gifted program, which is so ridiculous. Okay, I took this test. I took it too in second grade, okay? I took it in second grade. They make every student take it, okay? In second grade, I was I was six, and I was testing with kids who were eight. And he basically talks about how that two-year difference makes a very big difference at that time. Your brain development is very different at that time. Your capacity to perform on an exam is very different from six to eight. It's very different from three to five. And he was talking about how like those kids are at a innate disadvantage. And I I dude, my jaw and like my jaw dropped. I was like, this makes so much sense. I didn't score well on that exam at all. 
granted, I also remember filling out random bubbles, like not based off of the exam and like based off of the pattern on the Scantron. That was something I told my mom years later, but I remember like, and my mom was like, why is she scoring? Like, because that exam was graded on a curve, like based off of other kids and how they did in the class. And I did poorly compared to the other kids because I was six. I was six getting tested to see if I was a genius and I'm not, (laughs) you know? And so I didn't get into the gate program that way. And then you have to take like the star testing exams and, and all of that. And so he talks about how like kids are categorized and separated early on and given opportunities early on that may not be like basically when you're like those kids who are separated in second grade from gate to non-gate like which is g-a-t-e which is like the gifted accelerated talent exclusive exclusivity program whatever um gifted gifted accelerated talent exclusive exclusives only gate so anyways so basically what it talks about how when those kids are separated early on they're told like hey you're gifted and you're not and then that and they grow up with those kids and then they have that mentality those same kids when they're not separated and they grow up in like the same classes they all end up they their iq points don't really differ that much they're not they don't differ that much but if you're like younger and you're in the non-gifted program and you're told like hey we're gonna we're I mean and then you kind of hear in recess like oh then the non-gate class is like two lessons behind because they're non-gate they're not in gate and it was such a it was politics you guys like I remember like my parents friends like talking about it at dinner and like going to the dinner parties and my mom being like oh my gosh you're not in gate like it was terrible it was terrible and it's bs it's literally horseshit everyone ends up on their feet like that that's just crap and so I'm not saying like oh I didn't do well in that test I ended up in gate in like fourth grade because my star testing scores were high and they took it they took like one of the testings and like they were able to there were two methods of eligibility and for good so I ended up being in gate eventually but like now I'm a 21 year old kid looking back at it and I'm like who cares who cares it doesn't matter and I remember growing up having so much emphasis on whether I was in gate or seminar which is like seminar is like if you score in the 99 percentile of that and they think you're like specially gifted and it was like a big political thing. Like, oh, she's a seminerd. That's what they used to call him. It was dumb. A gate geek, seminerd. And then you were just like the R word. I don't know if people get offended if I say that. But they were just like, oh, she's not smart. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just – so basically this book talks about how you are kind of the op- – because like – and you may be really smart. But because you were born in November – and your parents made the decision to send you in school, and then you took that exam, and you're competing with kids who are two years older than you who have a much stronger cognitive um, ability because of the age difference, okay, you you luck out. Like, you don't luck out. You get, you get screwed. You literally get screwed. So, then I told my mom, I was like, hey, I was telling her about this finding the next morning. I was like, I was reading the book. Well, this, she was like, oh, that's interesting because we planned you so you could make the cutoff. I was like, are you kidding me? You planned to screw up my life. You planned for me. I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, we just wanted you to get o- over with. I was like, well, I was, I was still trying to open my eyes. 
<laughs> I've only got, it's like, basically, why don't you just send me as a newborn at this point? Why don't you just sit in the class when you're pregnant with me if, if you guys are in that much of a rush? No, it's, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't really make a difference, but it was funny because the first time I ever heard this was my friend Bobby in like ninth grade, in not ninth grade, dude, freshman year of college told me, I was like, oh, I'm young for my grade. And he and I actually have the same birthday. And we were doing homework one time and he, he was, he's a year older than me, but like same birthday, year older. And I was like, oh, well, like, actually, I'm at an advantage. Actually, like, I'm at an advantage and you're at a disadvantage because, like, I'm I'm young. So, like, you know me, like, I'm young. So, but I just, and he's like, he, he's like, Rhea, like, that's like putting an eighth grader in 11th grade varsity football and saying go compete against them. And I, like, thought about it and I was like, he's right. But then I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Someone actually told me, I've heard this from three people this week, that I have a sick need to be right all the time. And let me tell you something, okay? I could have worse flaws. I, <laughs> no, it's not that I, it's, I don't know. Maybe I do. I'm trying to fight off a cold right now. That's why my, my voice sounds like a smoker's voice. Maybe also because I, I'm just kidding. No, I don't smoke. Um. I mean, uh, eh, well, eh, well, uh, well, I, eh, define smoke. No, 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 I don't. I, but what I'm saying is, uh, I'm saying like, what was I going to say? So I was like, okay, well maybe he's right. But I was like, oh, well, whatever. Like good for me that I'm able to keep up. I was like, well, I'm still scoring higher than you on the e-contest. So it doesn't matter. It's not true. He would, dude, this was, this was the worst thing I experienced. This guy, he would drink Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four out of seven days of the week. This guy, Bobby would be drunk and I would study Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or I would study like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but like I would study and I don't go on Snapchat and see that he's out partying and I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to get a higher score. And this guy would score higher than me every single time. And I was like, okay, you, you're either a, you're cheating or B, you're cheating. Or C, you're cheating. Like, what? Who are you cheating off of? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not cheating. I just under I'm like a sponge. He was like, I'm like a sponge in class. Like, I absorbed the material. I'm like, get out of here. Don't talk to me. Get out. No, no. Turn around and leave. People like that, dude, I, I can't. Honestly, I respect it. I respect it, and the reason why I'm mad is because I'm jealous. So maybe I don't have to be right all the time, okay? But what I'm saying is, um, totally forgot what I was talking about. But I was talking about um, this advantage that, and he also did an analysis of the Canadian hockey teams and how, like, most of the Canadian hockey teams, the kids are born from January to March. Or January to April. And there's like one person maybe like out of the blue who's born in November. Is November an unlucky month? Like what is it? Just tell me. Just tell me so I don't have to. I just ended up at an advantage. Like a disadvantage everywhere. Lower scores on my exams. Okay. Dude, I should have put that on my college application. I should have been like, hey, like dear college board and dear common app. 
Like when you are evaluating my grades, please make sure, please realize that like I score eight to 10 percentile lower than the rest of my class because I am born at a, I was born as a disability. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to ever say that. That's so messed up, but it's like, it's a disadvantage kind of. I should be treated as such. I should be given that kind of treatment because Malcolm Gladwell says in his book, Outliers, I'm at a disadvantage. So please keep that into consideration when you take me. And I told my sister, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is this founding. My sister straight up looks at me and she goes, yeah, when you apply to grad school, why don't you say that in your application? Please move my grades 10 to 12 points higher because I was born in November. Like, I'm like, bro, that's not the point. And she's like, haha, I know I don't care. She was born in August. So I guess good planning on her part. What the hell? But yeah, so I I told um the thing that Malcolm Gladwell was talking about in his book is that they did an analysis of the Canadian hockey teams and how Monday, like whatever, January through April, most of the guys were born because that's when the cutoff, the best time to be born was like January or something. And then the new cycle started and then you can get picked for the hockey team and then you get more opportunities and more time to practice versus like the kids who don't. It's wild. I do believe this though. I do believe that in your life, whatever is meant to happen to you will happen. You can, I believe that we are born with free will. I can't believe I'm talking about free will. And I started with Diwali. We were born with free will, but we're born under certain parameters. So I have the choice. Like whatever is destined to happen to you will happen to you. Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube. Okay. He didn't wake up and was like, I'm going to be the next big thing. I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. No, it was in his destiny. It happened. I believe in it. I believe in destiny. People who say like, oh, like, I don't believe in destiny because it's an excuse not to work. No, like, you have free will. You, If you just sit around and do nothing, you're going to die fat, dumb, and happy, okay? And like, happiness is great. It is. But being fat and dumb sucks. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, um, what I'm saying is, I believe that we have the free will to do whatever X, Y, Z, but we're born under certain parameters. If I wake up and say, I want to be the next big singer, I could do everything in my power, everything in my free will to try and be the next best thing, to be the next best best singer. But if it's not met in the cards for me, it's not going to happen. That I mean, I just believe that. We are born, it's like a lake. Like you, there's just the start, like it's the, these are the parameters and then you have the ability to move within the lake. That's like how someone explained it to me one time and I really liked it. That's just like my thought though. So yeah, so that's, I don't even know what to talk about next. But yeah, so that's, I just think that's so interesting. I'm going to end this episode with a word of wisdom. Something that, I have been, um, okay, my word of wisdom is this, do what's natural, just do what's natural to you, if you believe in intuition, if you believe in, like, a spirit, if you believe in, like, a voice telling you, like, if you believe in just this, just do what's natural to you, don't be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna text him, because, like, I'm waiting for him to text me, just text him, Just do it. Just do it. 
Just why not? What's He'll leave you on red. Big deal. You'll live. Text him again. <laughs> Do what's natural. Like, if it's natural for you to just, like, exist in a certain way, just do that. It's how you're meant to be. Just do what's meant to be. Don't force anything. Don't. If you think you're over it. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. It's a huge pet peeve when people tell me I'm overthinking. Yeah, I know. As if I don't know how I think. As if I don't know how my brain works. I know. I know. Let me. Just let me be. Let me overthink. Let me deal with it on my own. Stop telling me I think too much. You'd rather have me think too much than think too little. When people tell you that, tell them to shut the. Yeah. Just think for yourself. Be yourself. Do what's natural. And just let life happen to you. Because at the end of the day, it is a beautiful thing. And we're lucky to be here. So with that in mind, I hope you guys all have a wonderful Sunday. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I'm supposed to be having some interesting guests this week. But I don't know. So I'll keep you guys posted. But next week might be a funny one. Um, that's kind of it on my end. So have a wonderful week. Stay positive. Stay fresh. And um, thanks for tuning in with Sassy Sundays with the Riri. Bye.